In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Have you ever wondered why two Christians married together can get divorced? Or how two Christians living together can live in a non-Christian relationship? Find out in today's episode. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena Podcast, Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. I'm Jim Ramos, your host and guide leading you to your best version in that stress bubble of life and beyond. Welcome to today's episode. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Juniper Mountain Trading Post. Juniper Mountain Trading Post is actually a coffee company. It is my new favorite coffee. They just came out with a brand new, uh, I'm not going to call it flavor, it's a roast. It's called Cupped Lightning. So they have their Trail Boss, they have their Camp Cook, which are their dark and medium roast, but Cupped Lightning is their light roast, and I put that in my coffee press, and man, it is so good. It does not taste like a light roast. It really has a medium roast flavor. It is delicious. Go check it out, guys. Hey, head on over to junipermountaintradingpost.com, and when you check out with your coffee, if you enter the code ARENA, they will give you 10% off your order. Man, as you know, we are gathering 365 hero stories for this year. Hero story is a story of transformation that either you have witnessed in your life or someone else has witnessed and they're writing on behalf of you. So today's hero story comes from Ethan on Instagram, and he says this, watching you walk through the forest makes me feel a step, my step count is higher than it is. <laughs> hey, Betty, I am glad to help. But he continues, he says, hey, I love how your ministry is committed to representing biblical truth. Hey, and I'll tell you what, uh, Ethan, our ministry is committed to doing that forever. We are committed to biblical truth over cultural norms. So you can count on us to stay true to the word. And if we're not, let us know. We'll, we'll repent. And so he continues. He says, uh, not many people will tell you that marriage isn't designed for happiness. It's designed for holiness. He continues, if you love your wife, as, great logic here, Ethan. If you love your wife as Christ loved the church, I have no doubt it will be a strong Christ-centered relationship. And that's exactly right. And actually, Ethan, that's what we're talking about today. If you hit us up with your address, we want to send you some swag just to say thank you. So, so today what I've done, guys, is I've taken the three household codes found in the New Testament. So we have Ephesians chapter 
chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. We have Colossians chapter 3 through the first couple verses of Colossians chapter 4. And we have 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 7. And so I've taken those verses based on our podcast episode last week. And I thought, okay, is what I have said about marriage biblically true? Is there scripture to back what I've been saying? Now, spoiler alert, when I did last podcast, I already knew what I was going to talk about on this podcast. And so I already know that I have biblical truth to support what I believe is a marital fact. So again, we're going back to this question. Why do so many Christian couples, so this guy's a Christian, this gal's a Christian, these two Christians who love Jesus marry each other and have a disastrous marriage that is not a Christian marriage. You can be two Christians that are not in a Christian marriage, a Christ-centered marriage. So when that happens, your marriage is in trouble. It's like a 50-50 chance you're going to get divorced. If you make Christ the center of your marriage, I've read in numerous books that it's a 1 in 10,000 chance that you will get divorced. In fact, it's basically you will never get divorced if you make Christ the center of your relationship. The last week, if you remember, we climbed up this, I call it a love triangle. You can call it a love pyramid. You can call it the $64,000 pyramid. I don't care what you call it, but there's a triangle that happens where the couple is down here and they're growing individually in their relationship with Jesus and they're getting to their savior at the top of the, at the pinnacle, at the apex of this triangle. So I want to go back and give you some biblical proof about what I'm saying. So let's start at the bottom of this uh, triangle. I have the bottom of the triangle, the foundation of the triangle is an assumption. And the assumption is this, that those couples who want to have a Christian marriage are actually Christian couples. In other words, they have received two things. They've received salvation and they have received this download that the Bible is actually true. So I'm assuming that those two go together. The Bible is true, Scripture is true, and I have received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You know, uh, John uh, chapter 1 says, those who received him, those who called upon his name, he gave them the right to be called children of God. Romans 10, 9, and 10. We shared that last week with you. If you confess your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For you Old Testament lovers, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So if you have truly received salvation, if you believe the Bible is real and true and is the inspired word of God, then that is the foundational component of this uh, love triangle. So the next rung up, the next level up this triangle is you and your spouse journey to get separately together towards Jesus is what I call submission and sacrifice. Last week, I called it sacrifice because both have to make a sacrifice, but I'm going to change it a little bit and call it submission and sacrifice. So both those words involve sacrifice, but submission is on the part of the woman. Sacrifice is on the part of the man. The woman must choose to submit to the man's leadership as the spiritual leader. She, she needs to make that sacrifice. It's, a, it's an attitude of her heart. She has an attitude 
of submission, where the man is called to have the action of sacrifice. So let me read it to you in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 25. Wives, be subject, some Bible translations say, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, he himself being Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be subject to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I was in a Bible study years ago with a, I had 11 kids in my Bible study, 10 girls and one boy, and this is in California. And these girls are saying, hey man, I don't like that verse. I, that's not true. They were just going crazy. And I said, okay, let me pose this to you. Would you submit to a man who sacrificed everything he did for you, he put you first, he served you, he, he made sure your needs were met, and the whole room went like this, oh, we love that. Well, that's submission. When a man is stepping up as a man and sacrificing all he has for you, you will, you're commanded to, biblically have an attitude of submission. So both of those are a sacrifice. One is a sacrifice of the heart and one is a sacrifice of the hands. It's action uh, and attitude. So uh, number the, fir- the second rung up is submission or sacrifice. So as we climb up this pyramid together, as we climb up this love triangle, one thing society won't tell you, one thing that they won't tell you as they ride off into the sunset together is this. Marriage is hard. There is an aspect of suffering in marriage. And if we don't get into marriage realizing that the sacrifice we make on behalf of our husband or wife is not going to cost us something, we are going into it with eyes wide shut. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29 says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. Cher- No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. You may say, where's the suffering in that? Well, I'll tell you the suffering. For me to nourish my body is to reject all the things that make me feel good, like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, beer, tobacco, cocaine, marijuana. uh, I mean, whatever whatever you want. I am choosing to suffer discipline instead of indulge in order to satiate my worldly hunger. When I treat my body and love my body and my and treat my flesh like I love it, I am going to exercise it. I'm going to bring it through rigorous training. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says that that the athlete goes through rigorous training. They and Paul said I beat my body and I make it my slave. So there is an aspect of suffering when we love our bodies. I try to suffer four to five times every week. I want to cause physical suffering in my body four to five times a week because, not because I hate my body, but because I love my body. I want my body to last. I want to steward the body that God has given me, and I realize that comfort will not steward my body well. Discipline and suffering do. So I know this is a tough concept for a lot of us here in America, but you have to embrace suffering. You have to embrace suffering if you want to make a strong and lasting marriage. That is the third level up on our love triangle. The fourth level is what I call sanctification. I know you guys love hearing this. I say it all the time. Ephesians 5.26 tells men that the he might saint husbands that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So the Bible is telling us as men to sanctify our wives, to to make them, to, to sanctify something is to set it aside. It's to make it 
holy. And so the problem with our culture, when we have two Christians that are in a non-Christian marriage, they are not making Christ holy. They're not putting Christ on display in front of the world. And when Christ is telling us, when the Bible is telling us that marriage is about sanctification, it's about holiness, not happiness, what Jesus is saying is marriage is about putting Jesus on display as a couple. And so if we're two Christians and we're not putting Jesus on display, that is not sanctification. That is not holiness. The role of marriage is holiness. But the problem with a lot of Christians is we go off into the cultural norm of it's about happiness. I would say happiness happens to you. Holiness is what happens in you. You know where else is what else happens in you that's inside of you? It's joy. I want a marriage filled with joy and contentment and satisfaction and not happiness and consequences and situations. I don't want to fabricate happiness into my marriage. I want a deep and satisfying marriage that comes only through sanctification, through this holiness process. So the next, so we've had, so we started with salvation and scripture. We've we've went to sacrifice through sacrifice and submission. Now the next level up is doing the hard things. We call that suffering. We just talked about sanctification. Marriage is about making you holy and not happy. And this next level is what I call sameness. In the Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Marriage is designed to be uh, with a sameness in mind, a unity in mind, because we are trying to put Christ on display, who's perfectly unified between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He wants us to put his, He wants us to put him on display through a marriage of oneness and unity. You know, and I think of my wife and I, we did not start off the same, but after 31 years, man, we we use the same words, we we work out in the same way, we eat the same way, we vote the same way, we worship in very similar and similar at the same places in similar ways. I mean, everything is just kind of, you know, people don't even use my name alone anymore. It's always Jim and Shanna, Jim and Shanna, Jim and Shanna. It's like I have one name now, and my name is Jim and Shanna. And so there's a sameness there. So society will often say, no, you do you. But the Bible is like, no, you're married now. You're, you know, that's why I don't believe in premarital sex. That's why I don't believe in cohabitation. I don't believe in these things that happen outside this marriage covenant because uh, you aren't, you don't achieve this, this quality of sameness unless you're all in. The next level up the triangle, the second to last level is what I call satisfaction. You know, uh, when I tell you marriage is about sanctification, I tell you marriage is about suffering. It's like, dude, marriage sucks. Do I get anything out of this thing? You know, as you give to your wife and as she gives to you in a Christian union where Jesus is glorified, there is not only the sameness that happens, but there's a deep, deep satisfaction of loving that person and knowing that is your person, not your partner. That is not a biblical concept. That's some secular garbage that people try to tell you to move away from the marriage company. My my wife is my person. She, I'm one with her. We are the same. I, I don't know what I would do without her. There's a joy, a deep, deep contentment in knowing that I have given my life to this woman and she has given her life to me. And, and we we talk about you know who's going to die first, what we're going to do, how we're going to... We talk about these things because we're all in. And there's a deep joy and security. Maybe I could have put the word security instead of satisfaction, but just knowing that you have your person and you're committed to that person to glorify God and, until you, death do you part.
And so the last level, we started with salvation. We started with scripture at the foundation. As we move up, we're moving up, but we've got to have something to move up to, and it is Christ our Savior. We are committed in moving towards Jesus together because at the apex, uh, the summit of everything we do is making Jesus Lord of our lives. And, and that, my friends, is what I call a love triangle. It is two Christians, Christian man and a Christian woman, moving separately but together towards Jesus and having this beautiful thing in Scripture that we call the love triangle. Ecclesiastes 4, chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12 says, A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And I believe that that cord is me, my wife, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, if that helped you today in your marriage or inspired you to go from a marriage between two Christians that's not a Christian marriage to making your marriage a Christian marriage. Man, hit us up with a hero story. We look forward to what God is doing in you and through your marriage. Guys, and make sure that you are a subscriber to this podcast so you can get our downloads twice every week, uh, our Equipping Men in 10, which is this one, and our interview one that comes down the road later the week in the week. And guys, uh, we just appreciate you so much for following this ministry. Until next time, feel what sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out and be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.